guys? Welcome back to the AOT Chronicles and Attack on Titan podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ronnie. It's Jeff. And we're here today to cover the season one finale. Yeah. Pause real quick. Did you think we were going to make it this far? I did not, man. Especially all the times that you bailed on me. and Oh, I did not believe on you. But getting this guy to take notes over here, it's like doing something that's really hard. Well, sometimes it is when you take as excruciating, excruciatingly detailed notes as I do. I keep telling okay. you, you don't, you don't have to watch the episode 18 times. Well, I watched it 18 times. I write the entire dialogue down. I then expand off the dialogue. Yeah, you don't have to do the theater, um, the theater, what is it called? You don't have to do uh, play scripts for everything. Wait. I've seen your notes where it's like Aaron enters scene from left. <laughs> Are you shitting me? I haven't had to do this this no, entire time. I keep, I've told you that multiple oh times. You I, just it's going to have been so much quicker, Ronnie. You probably only have to watch the episode 12 times now. Good God. Anyway, Season 1, Episode 25, Wall, Assault on Stohes Part 3. What an episode we've got here today. You got, you got us a doozy here. You got any general comments right off the top? The Wallists are back. They are back, and they are um, kind of on... Well, let's not get ahead of myself. Let's go ahead and start. We start in a church. <laughs> Inside the Stohes district, there is a group of Wallace in the middle of a ceremony. And let me just say right off the bat, too many people here. Why are there so many people part of this cult religion? It's unbelievable. Because they got nothing else to do in that inner wall. Well, it's getting ready to hurt them pretty bad. Because as a pastor recites the prayers, Annie in her titan form falls on the building, killing essentially everybody except the pastor. Where are your god walls now? <laughs> Was that too harsh? No. Yeah. If you if you praise a wall, that's not too harsh. I mean, this was brutal. And we don't see the aftermath, but there was a good, what, 20 oh, people at, at, least least, there, at least there? And they all just immediately squashed. Aaron comes running after Annie, and she gets up and just takes off towards the wall. And this stupid-ass pastor who literally just watched his entire congregation get squashed like a bug yells, No, stay away from the wall. (laughs) This guy is challenging that bitch Daz for the absolute worst. What is this guy talking about? Dude, he doesn't want his wall touched, okay? I mean, he just lost everyone who ever believed in his Wallace crap anyway, and he's still buying into it, huh? Well, he's still there. He's he's still preaching. There doesn't have to be yeah, those people. Screw him. Jean says that now as a Titan, Aaron can really put up a fight. You're not wrong. <laughs> a but better if, fight than when he was crushed under rubble. But Armin this episode, he's really in, a, uh, in the mood to make people feel bad about themselves. He states that spirit is not enough to win a fight. You think he could leave it there, and then he goes, and John knows that firsthand. <laughs> mean. Just really mean from Armin there. Oh, I love Armin. And he heads for an open flat area, making it unable for the other soldiers to use their ODM gear. So the, uh, Hanji tells him to go around. We cut to Aaron and Annie face off. Nothing like a good old-fashioned stare down to get the intensity flowing, and that's what we got going on here. Yeah, it's a little bit of just a chase at this point until 
they finally stop and get a standoff. Aaron has a moment to reflect on the situation at hand, and he thinks about how Annie always seemed bored, that she thought everything was stupid except for when she was showing off her fighting skills. And in spite of her saying that none of it mattered anyway, Aaron knows that she was lying about not caring. Yep. And what do you, what do you, uh, I mean, I, I know we only got like one or two episodes at the very beginning of the season with Annie in it, but what do you, do you think she actually cared about people or what do you think Aaron's kind of? I mean, I felt like she made it pretty clear in those first few episodes that everything that they were doing, like none of it really mattered. I mean, she always had the mindset of the better you are, the further away you're going to get from the Titans. Mm-hmm. She was, she was just kind of going through the motions. Um, so I see where Aaron says it from, but you don't get as good as she was at fighting without caring. Right. You got to at least have a little passion to get that good. He questions her reason for killing all those people and charges forward. Uh, Annie blocks his punch with her ability to harden. Aaron counters that. He grabs her leg, throws her at a nearby building. Unfortunately, no, uh, Wallace ceremonies going on in this one. Uh, he busts through a building of his own, trying to catch back up to her, and he continues attacking his nearby soldiers, mentioned to Hanji that even if they manage to catch Annie, they're looking around, this whole city is going to be in ruins yeah. by the end of this thing. And It's crazy, too, because even at this point, well, obviously Aaron doesn't care, but Aaron is so riled up that he's he could kill 40 people and not even notice. Oh, yeah. And... That's just wait till we get a little further, because if he's doing that now, I don't know what's getting ready to happen. Uh, so Hanji takes this information in, and she basically just replies, I'm paraphrasing here, and eh, not my problem. She says, Erwin, Erwin will deal with it. Mikasa, she gets up, she kind of, uh, there was some sort of commotion that took place, and she was kind of laying on the ground, but she gets up and mutters, Erin. Okay, Niall, that's all, that's literally, you're looking looking at me a little weird, we just cut to her, she got up, she looked around, she said, Aaron, and then we cut away, (laughs) just checking up on her, I appreciate it. We got one. Niall, I guess he's like the, I guess he's a captain of the military police, I don't think he's like a commander or anything, just kind of a, what do Mm -hmm. you think? I think he's just a captain, he's He's, kind of like a, a leader. Yeah, he receives a report about the fight. And he's learning of the damage and casualties. He blames it all on Erwin, who, of course, owns up to it like a boss. Erwin's not trying to play games. Niall questions Erwin's way of thinking, and he simply replies that it was done to lead humanity to victory. Yep. Pretty broad pretty broad answer, but got and the you, job done. What was great about that scene, too, is that we had, like, a little girl running around. He's like, this is, the, this is done for humanity to to be led to victory and then we show a little girl running around and her parents are like squashed everyone's dead around her yeah i just kind of sucks it is the optics of it are bad i i want to remind me of that i want to get into that a little bit later oh too i think this is right before that Irwin scene but we had uh a little sneak peek of marlo and hitch right and they had no idea what was going on and looking around like when it really shows the actual aftermath, it sh- it only shows it for a slight second or two, them looking around. But there are already so many people dead. Yeah, because you gotta... Things are so tightly packed in among these walls 
that any time they fall into a building or whatever, even if we don't see it, you just got to imagine it's like the church and like 10 people are dying every time a yep. hole's made, made in a building mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, Niall points a gun at Irwin and he calls him a trailer. Trailer. <laughs> he go, trailer. He goes, <laughs> he's, can I borrow you? I'm moving out and I really needed a trailer and that's what you are. No, he calls him a traitor and tells him that the higher-ups would not blame him at all for ending him right here, right now. Erwin, who, let me just say, is in the absolute zone, not sweat, not, not a single bead of sweat falling from those bushy eyebrows of his. He's in the absolute zone, tells him very well, but if he does that, he is in command, and he just without even giving him a chance to think about that, just rips into letting him know all the details. He's like, so this person's right there. you got to report to them. you got to tell them what's to do. Yeah. <laughs> and immediately Niall's like, okay, 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 okay. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a second, wait a second. I, didn't, I haven't shot you yet. He scares him, so he decides, just let's just handcuff him. <laughs> we'll let someone else make this decision. And then he orders to, uh, to deploy all his men. Levi begins to move. And Erwin tells him to stay put, knowing <laughs> no, I love this. N- knowing of his hatred for pointless death. You know. Levi's like, I've always hated pointless death. A lot of people, they can appreciate pointless death, not Levi. Levi cannot stand that he stuff. He despises it. If death's got a point to it, he can be on board. But if it's pointless... Just leave him where he is. He doesn't want any part of it. We all know Levi does not like it. The soldiers reach the location of Aaron and Annie's fight. Armin kind of repeats what he said before about, you know, to gain something you have to lose something and realizes that Annie is surely able to sacrifice her humanity for her cause. Her and Aaron continue to fight as Annie recalls her father calling out to her. She roundhouse kicks Aaron, her, you know, this is her staple, right in the side of the head, knocking him into a building. But what he wasn't ready for was that Aaron has employed a bold strategy of just biting into her leg yeah. and not letting go. That's He tried that same move that he did in the forest where he like slid his teeth across her leg, yeah. but it didn't work this time. And this is something they don't teach you in cadet training. <laughs> no. This leads to the type of scene that always makes my stomach just a little uneasy, which is anytime someone repeatedly hits another one in the head slash face until essentially nothing remains. Just the, it's it the repetition. It up her hand and just, she uh, doesn't even punch it. She's like just beating it down. Yeah, it's just like sledgehammering it right onto the top of his skull. Ugh. Like I said, she does this and remembers her father telling her that he is the only person on her side. Yeah, it's like she got that little boost of energy and cruelness. Cruelness, if you know what I mean. Calm down over there, calm down. When she heard uh, her dad's words, and that's that's what gave her the motivation to just keep bashing his skull. She begins to run away as Aaron remembers his goal, which, in case you missed it, when he Man, said cool. just the one or two times before, it's to essentially, try and wrap your head around this, kill all the Titans. Whoa. And for some reason, whenever he says it, he sounds like he's been taken over by a demon. Yeah, it's like it fades into his Titan and then it goes deeper and deeper. It's a. Yeah, it's, it's a, weird. I guess like if his Titan had a voice, it's mixed with what that would sound like. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. 
he goes, oh my god, full gorilla mode and starts chasing Annie once again. Without part of his leg and arm. He's moving on all fours, even though, like you said, he's missing part of those body parts. Somehow his head is not completely destroyed after the pounding he just took. It also looks as if he's literally on fire. (laughs) Don't know where fire came into uh, the scenario, but that's what it looks like. He's not having his best day. (laughs) He tackles her, which leads to like such a cool shot. As we, I honestly think that when I think about season one and like this kind of climax here, I think of this shot where they slide through. Just house after yeah. <laughs> house after house, killing anyone this, inside. Yeah, they they slide through like a whole because we got the huge buildings and stuff. But then we go over, they get right at the small houses and they just wipe out. They slide through at least ten to fifteen houses in stage directions. Stage directions are what they're called. I can see your notes from here. It says camera. Uh, shifts from right to left as they're sliding yep. close up right on their faces so cool and also aaron said give me that booty and that's why he went gorilla mode well he didn't I, say that at all but that's what it looks like well that's what it, well that's what he was thinking sorry he didn't say it he was thinking that yeah i guess you can only get what they say in their head after you listen or watch the episode 16 to 17 times yeah that's we, uh, we cut to Mikasa again, who has this really cool line of dialogue. I actually have the direct quote here. <clears throat> Eren. Okay. Okay. She yeah. lands on the roof by Hanji and others, to which she follows up those wise words with... This is a little bit more of a poetic statement here. She shouts, Eren. Oh, okay. And that's what she shouts. She begins to go help him, but is stopped by Hanji saying that they can't know if Aaron would even recognize her right now. Hey, good call, Hanji, because he, like you said before, this is some other level of thing he's got going on here. This is crazy. I, I've never seen... He ran on all fours and just tackled her. It was like... Uh, God, it looks like one of those, in a video game, one of those like demon cyborgs or something that you fight where they just... Yeah. flop around like it's crazy uh like i said pretty good call if you ask me aaron grabs annie's face squeezing it so tightly i think the skull must collapse i mean um quite as page turn you've done yet that was pretty good but you haven't quite made it can you get there Annie fights off Aaron and attempts to escape by climbing the wall. Aaron tries to catch her, but she manages to kick him off by sacrificing her right leg. Brutal. Really yeah. cool, though. Like, he's just wrapped around it, and she just takes that left leg, knowing that he's got such a tight hold on that right leg, and just ugh, oh, rips man. off. She's desperate, man. It shows how desperate she is. She continues climbing. She's, like, hardened her fingers to make grabbing the wall even better and, and um, the wallace guy is just losing his shit not the you're putting <laughs> holes how are we gonna replace that mikasa zips over and cuts off the fingers on both of her hands just a you know how mm. she rolls smooth move mikasa embraces father time allowing her to momentarily fall in slow motion as she lands on annie's face and tells her to fall God, so badass. One of my favorite lines in the entire show. As if she was going to go in any other direction. (laughs) 
She lets her know, fall. And then it's like Mikasa's feet just shove her to the ground. Like, causes oh, yeah, her to yeah. fall, even though it had nothing to do with it. Because she was friends with Father Time. She literally slowed yeah. Time down and then jumps off of her. As, uh, as Annie falls down, way to listen to directions, she thinks about her father one more time. In the memory, her father tells her he was wrong and that it was too late to ask for forgiveness. He tells her that even if the whole world is against her, he is always on her side, and then he asks her to promise to return to him. Doesn't look like that's going to happen here, Ronnie. It's looking pretty bad right now. Annie falls to the ground, and Aaron pounces on her before she even has a chance to get up. He then gets some payback from a couple episodes ago when she literally decapitated him, because he removes her right arm while losing his other arm in the process. That's how bananas he's going. He throws it, and somehow it manages to grab a hold of a bridge, even though it's not connected to the body. Kind of interesting. I don't know if that's you know something we need to look out for. Cause, it might be, yeah. Um, Aaron claims that... Well, how awesome was that, though? When it hit the bridge and held onto it, we get a shot of Irwin. And his face actually looks a little phased this time. He's, it's just, I mean, you can only take so much from these things. It's just one thing after another with these Titans. And I think he's kind of, you know, he's gone on enough missions by now that he's over it. But still, he's like, seriously, it's off her body and it's still grabbing bridges? <laughs> Give me a break. A little different quote from Aaron this time. He claims... Not to kill all the Titans. This is why I'm a little worried about him. He says he's going to destroy the, the world. world. Yeah. I I have a feeling that this has got to be coming back maybe later on in the show or something. Like, that's a bold statement to make. I mean, he's just... I don't know what exactly... He just, like... You get shots of him inside the Titan, and he looks absolutely crazy. Like, he's just tapped into something that we have not seen before. Uh, he bites out a chunk of meat from the female titan's neck, revealing Annie's body. This worries Hanji and others, thinking that Aaron will actually eat her at this point. However, when he looks down and sees her, she's crying. And that makes him stop. It makes him stop. He forgets about all the people that she slaughtered and murdered right in front of him, and a little few tears just make him stop. This, uh, big, this gives Annie a chance to use her hardening ability, encasing herself in a crystal, which causes her titan body to almost like start merging with Aaron as well. Very weird. What did you make of this? Yeah, it's... I, I didn't know what to make of it. I mean, it was something we've never seen before. Um, I don't know if that's something that'll come later on in the show too or not, but definitely strange. So everyone's watching this, including Mikasa... It concerns her. She starts to make her w- way towards him as she shouts, "Eren!" So a lot oh, going, a okay. lot going through her mind right now. Yeah. Uh, Levi appears though, cutting Aaron out of the Titan and telling him to not go eating their key evidence. You idiot. As a quote, <laughs> we finally reached Le- the Levi color just could not stay away from action. He, even though he's hurt. Erwin told him not to go. He didn't like pointless deaths. Hates pointless death. He Don't. had to. He had to jump in there though. He had to get one slice in. Came out. He was watching from a clock tower and swooped in to, right as he thought Aaron was going to eat the evidence. So like I said, we finally reached the calling card, which is unlike any we have ever seen before. 
It's a tale. I love a good tale. Not, you know, tale on a butt, but a tale, a story. Let me tell you a little story of a miner who, long story short, tried to dig underneath the wall, but the wall kept going on underground, just kept going. Well, this guy was an experienced miner. One day he told a buddy about it, and they didn't seem to care a whole lot about whatever he was talking about. So the miner ended up disappearing, and not knowing what to do, the friend told the garrison, who along with the military police, launched an investigation as to where he ended up. But they could never find the miner, nor the hole he dug. And then, eventually, the friend disappeared too. Mm-hmm. So obviously this is a story. Do you have any... But, you know, stories are based on facts. What do you think is going on here? You got any hot takes? Are you leaving it alone for now? I don't know, it kind of gave me chills. I will say, like, it's one of those stories that's like, you know, when you, you get a, like, eerie feeling from it? Yeah, I mean, the friend, I almost feel like it's insinuated that the garrison or the military police kind of put a kibosh to him. Cause Took he, him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the miner himself, the, they never found the hole. They never found... It's just weird. It's super weird. Because he disappeared before the friend told the garrison. So, hmm. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Aaron wakes up to Mikasa. She says, Aaron. He asks about Annie's whereabouts. Oh, let's let's talk about this, though. She's staring at him again while he's sleeping. Yeah. How many times does she have to just stare into his soul while his eyes are closed? You want a hot prediction? Yes. Bet this isn't going to be the last time she does it either. You think so? I don't know. Just guess him. Hey. Okay. He asks about Annie's whereabouts. And right at that time, he witnesses Jean attempting to break through the crystal. And not being happy with the results, he slips back into that anger management, Jean. We saw a couple episodes, you know, the one that was threatening to kill his uh, superior leaders. From behind. <laughs> He's, uh, he's stopped by Levi, who tells him that there's no use. Hanji orders the soldiers to use wires to make a net and carry Annie underground. She worries about not being able to get anything out of Annie, knowing about all the sacrifices they have made, which, I mean, is a good worry to have. Who even knows, you know? And it's just even crazy to think about that Annie was this desperate to not get whatever she's hiding out, that she would do something of this measure. So that's how you take it. You're not that she's saving her own life by doing this, but she's trying to hide information. Well, I think she might be saving her own life too, but at the same time, she knows that she'll probably be tortured for information, and if that gets out, it could be deadly. Who knows? Yeah. Levi approaches Irwin, stating that they can't or they can hardly consider the mission a success. I mean, look around; it's not looking great, and we haven't gotten any information out of Annie. Irwin says, "Not so fast." He'd think they did just enough to save the scout regiment. It's to be seen. Erwin is then questioned by someone who I, I didn't actually know, but it turns out I looked it up. Um, it's the Stohess Mayor. Oh, wow. Stohess Mayor. What's his name? Um, let me see. It's the Stohess Mayor. Stohess Mayor, okay. He asked him why Erwin didn't ask the military police for help from the start. Erwin states that you know, she might have had allies inside the military, therefore he had to limit the operations to those he knew were not involved. I mean, just 
Irwin's always thinking thinking ahead, genius moves. It makes total sense why he wouldn't. But people aren't going to accept that. He, I mean, hey, he apologizes for the destruction of Stohess, and for some reason the mayor doesn't accept it. Rude. Yeah, there's just a few people. There's a few people crushed. He apologized. I felt like it was he said a, sorry. a genuine apology. God. You know, forgive and forget, people. Erwin once again has to fight this uphill battle trying to tell these stupid people that if the female Titan escaped, the walls would fall and even more people would die. They don't understand the long-term situation. Yeah, he knows that if this gets away, this is their last chance. Some, the, they're going to come back, Colossal Titan, Armor Titan, whatever it is. They're going to come back with their original plan anyways, and everyone's going to die. So we got to take it right now, guys. Stohess Mayor, listen to us. Jeez. The mayor replies that it doesn't seem likely they will get anything out of Annie now, and Erwin says, yes, you know, that's exactly right. <laughs> Which causes the whole room to gasp because they didn't expect Erwin to keep it so real. We keep it real. Yeah, we keep it real, Erwin keeps it real. Well, that's where we get it from. You know, Aaron's just waking up all over the place right now. This time he awakes in his bed. Mikasa, staring at him, says... And I'm not even Wait, kidding, people. she's not staring at I'm him. not even kidding, people. She says, Annan. Hey. Wait, hold on. Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Okay. This is a direct quote. Okay. She says, Erin, <clears throat> listen, I don't want to give any awards right here, right now. The voice actor, actress who uh, does Mikasa... He's putting in some solid work this episode. Oh, she's really she's found her zone and she's hitting all the right points. All the right letters, the five letters. She, hey, how the fuck do you spell Aaron? <laughs> it's A R A O. It's A A R O N. Hey, just take the L on this one, buddy. Let's keep moving on. Wait, do you read the subtitles? I I don't have subtitles. She dub. Dub, this guy's a dubber, boo. No, it's in Japanese. I don't use subtitles. Keep uh, going. She asks how he's feeling and says that it's weird, or he says that it's weird how normal he feels. He asks if Annie is still in her heart and shell. Mikasa says yes, and Sean goes on to say that they got nothing from the operation. Well, except Annie in a heart and shell, Sean. What do you think about that? Armin, who really seems to be in a mood this episode, <laughs> states that Aaron is the one who let that happen. He let her get away. Armin's on his... He's not on the bullshit, okay? Armin's <laughs> gonna call it out this he's, episode. He's like, I've literally figured everything out going on in this entire world the past however long, and no one can get it right except for me. Like, I'm the brains, you guys are supposed yeah. to be the strength, and no one's doing anything. Aaron confirms that upon seeing Annie, he couldn't move. He was probably so wrapped up in all those good times they had. Like, remember that one time when she kicked his ass? Good times. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Armin and Jean are then called for a hearing. Aaron tells Mikasa that it just felt great having his body come apart during the battle. So much so that he felt like he just wanted to die. It felt so good. Yeah, that was, uh... Uh, hey, buddy. Get therapy. Mikasa, absolutely horrified, rightfully so, I would say, 
says the one and only thing that you could possibly say to help get a person in the right state of mind after saying something so dark. She says, Aaron. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Hey. Some people just know the right thing to say and when to say it. How much do you think she got paid for this performance? <laughs> I hope three-fourths of the show's budget. <laughs> she is killing it. I guess he thought she would take the news better because he ends up covering it up by saying, well, you know, well you, not anymore. I don't want to die anymore, but, you know, it just felt a certain way I enjoyed, and that's how I felt at the time, but not anymore. Don't worry, don't worry. Outside, Jean and Armin discuss whether becoming a monster is the only way to beat the Titans. Armin says that he thinks Aaron has what it takes, but that it will not be easy to overcome. We're at the hearing now. Erwin says that they never even imagined the possibility of humans becoming a Titan, and now that they have captured a member of the enemy, that's a huge step forward. He just wants people to see that, because everything else looks like a pretty big loss right now. I'm not sure if he's uh, getting a good feel of the room, though, because he goes on to say, now is the time for us to launch an attack on the Titans within our walls. Dude, I love that. I love how he counters it right there. He just doubles down. Yeah, it's our turn to attack. Most people would be like, eh, we'll give it a week, week or so. But he just goes for it. As Annie is being kept underground, we see a shot of her, you know, kind of locked up. She's still in her hardened shell. We see Reiner, Bert, Connie, and Krista riding out on horses. We go to the credits. We sit through the credits, sit through the song. Yep, got a little surprise. We come back at the part of Wall Cena damaged by Annie. A Titan is shown within the wall. Whoa. Whoa. We get a little uh, sneak peek of it. And it looked, you know what it looked like? What? It had like the muscle, had the red stuff on it, like uh, the Colossal Titan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It had that weird looking face. You right, know what I mean? yeah. And that's the end of season one. What do you got for me? That's a season overall. What do you think? I thought it was good. Um, I lo- I love the whole. As soon as the female Titan showed up, that's when it really picked up for me. Yeah, it definitely. Um, the very beginning, very good. They kind of hit a slow point when trust. Uh, yeah, trust. Kind of the trust uh, storyline. Picked it back up with the female Titan once everyone joined the scouts, pretty much. And ended with a bang. Set up great stuff for season two. Can't wait to get into it. I'm hyped. Before we get going, we don't have any feedback, but we do have our new fan uh, favorite segment. Learn a little bit about Ronnie and Chad. Okay. It's only the second time we've done it, so do you want to kind of explain the segment to the people? All right, so in this segment, you know, what we kind of do is... Kind of lay it out there where you learn a little bit about Ronnie and Chad. Okay. I think you did a good job of that. Do you want to start? You want me to start? Um, I'll let you start. Yeah, you can start, Ronnie. Okay, so I've lived in the same house at the moment for, I think it's probably been about uh, 17 years, something like that. But when I first moved in, my my parents, they had a... a uh, a shower that doesn't have like a uh, like a door on it. It's kind of like an open mm-hmm. shower setup. So my brother, I've talked about him on the podcast before when he got in a wreck and I didn't really care. Go back and listen to that one. 
He's a few years younger than me, and we were at home alone one night, and I was trying to find him, couldn't really hear him, and uh, I heard the shower going, but I heard other, like, banging noises, and I was like, what's going on? So I come around the corner, and he had set up shampoo bottles, because it's a pretty big shower, and he was bowling in the shower. Bowling? Yeah, he had like a... Uh, like bowling, bowling ball bowling? Yeah, so he'd set up the shower, the soap bottles... And I don't even remember what he was using as a ball, but I saw him in, like, bowling stance. Probably, like, a tennis ball or something? Yeah, he took, like, a warm-up step, got real low. It looked like pretty good form, honestly, except, uh, well, he was naked. And he bowled and didn't didn't get a strike, even though there were only, like, four or five bottles. He couldn't quite knock them all down. Um, How old was he? He was uh, 24. 24? No, he wasn't 24. He was more like 14, something like that. Um, he was butt naked at 14 bowling? Well, he was in a shower, so yeah, I think he... So was he, the shower going or no? Yeah, the shower, okay, the shower was, the shower was running. Okay. You know, uh, it was the point in the shower where I think most people, like, shampoo their hair, rinse it, get out. Uh, he's particularly been one to always take good 20-minute showers. We try and get him to stop. It's just kind of a strong passion of his. And he was. He was bowling in the shower, horrified once he realized I had seen what was going down and started laughing. Uh, we still talk about it to this day. Now I'm telling him on a podcast. It's, wow. It's in uh, history, in the history books. So that was a little about, a little bit about me. What you got? Well, uh, if you're going to go with that story, I guess I'd better go with this one. Um, when I was younger, I don't live in my parents' house anymore. Um, I actually just moved out to the penthouse that we've been talking about. I mean, it's just glorious. It's really impressive, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, a lot of money, but we got a lot of money flowing in through this podcast. But basically, I had four-wheelers at my house. We had trails, you know, decent amount of land to ride them. I was riding with my buddy Tucker, okay? He's riding on the back. I'm in the front. I had a little jump that we had, okay? I'm probably nine or ten years old. I rev it up. We jump. We're up way in the air. We're probably you know, a few inches off the ground, but it feels like we're 10 feet in the air at this age. We hit, we hit down and hit it like a tree stump and the four wheeler flips over. Oh wow. Part of it lands on Tucker. Okay. And he's kind of pinned down. I, I kind of flew off of it a little bit to where I was not, the four wheeler was not on me and I was not injured whatsoever. Yeah. But it happened so fast that I acted like I had passed out. And I but, laid there with my helmet on, and while he was crying with the four wheeler on him, and so, I laid there doing nothing. So you, you were driving a four wheeler that someone was on the back of. Yep. You went a little too hard, wrecked the four wheeler. Yep. Four wheeler lands on Tucker. He's crying. Yep. You're. I'm kind of just laying you're, well, you're, well, 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 you're absolutely fine. Well, I mean, I had like a little cut, I think. A little and scratch. you acted as if you were passed out. And then my mom ran up and she was like, oh, is everything okay? And uh, I was like, oh, we're good. And I didn't answer for a second because I was like acting like I kind of hit my head or something because it was such a gigantic crash. Right. But I was fine. Nothing happened. And Tucker was still crying. Okay, well, I felt like we learned a lot about you in that story. Thank you for sharing. Uh, That concludes Learn a Little Bit About Ronnie and Chaz. 
once again, thanks for listening. Season two will be right back out. Uh, you got anything else to wrap up season one? Um, no. Big cliffhanger at the end. Tighten the wall. Let's see what happens. All right. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.